Chapter 9 Doug poked at the fire, turning over a log. Flames leapt up with a roar. That's more like it, he said, the firelight flickering in his dark brown eyes. Shannon and I stood in front of the fire, allowing it to warm us. I rubbed my nose. It was starting to get a little feeling back. Where's Red? Shannon asked, hugging herself, rubbing the sleeves of her heavy wool sweater. He's still in the barn, Doug said, carefully placing another log on the fire. What's he doing out there? I asked, surprised. Tinkering with the jeep, I guess. Doug picked up the poker and pushed the new log over with the biggest flames. Lou said he could fiddle with it all he likes. Red is sure he can get it to start. Shouldn't you be out there helping him? Shannon asked. What can I do? I don't know anything about cars, Doug admitted, for not once being Mr. Macho. He put down the poker and walked over to the big window that faced the street. It sure is coming down, he continued, shaking his head. We could get another foot or two if it keeps up like this. Had the snowplows been through? I asked. He stared out into the gray for a while, trying to see down to the road. No. No sign of them, he said, his back to us still. Maybe they don't ever plow this road at all, Shannon said glumly. That's looking on the bright side, I joked. Feeling a little warmer, I backed away from the fire and sat down on the couch. Well, we'll be out of here by spring, Doug said, walking over to the glass case in the corner, looking at the guns admiringly. You have a lousy sense of humor, Shannon muttered, only half teasing. Well, what can we do? Doug snapped. Fly home? You want to fly home? We've tried everything we could, haven't we? Stop yelling, Shannon said, making a disgusted face. I hate it when you yell like that. I wasn't yelling. I just don't see why you have to start giving me a hard time, Doug said, still examining the gun rack. Maybe you'd rather spend your time with Lou. I think you two make a great couple. Things were getting pretty tense. Hey, I just remembered something, I said, straightening up on the couch, excited by my thought. Shannon and Doug, ready to escalate their argument, turned to look at me instead. What about the snowmobile? I asked. You know, the one we saw in the barn? Someone could ride to town and call our parents and get us help and everything. No way, babe, a voice said behind us. I turned to see that Lou had come in from the kitchen. That thing hasn't worked in years. It's just junk. He took a swig from the beer can in his hand. Oh, I said disappointed. Back to the drawing board, I guess. Is Mr. Fixit still trying to get that jeep to run? Lou asked, slurring his words. Yeah, I guess, Doug said. I think the fuel line is frozen, Lou said. He chuckled for some reason. I know a guy who froze to death in his car once, he continued, a smile forming under his dark, scraggly beard. Oh, no. Not another one of his gruesome stories, I thought, rolling my eyes. But the story seems to be over. It was a one-sentence anecdote, I hoped. No such luck. Crazy guy, Lou muttered, staring at his beer can. He was stiff as a board, and bright blue. Blue as a baboon. Lou started to laugh. He stopped abruptly and walked over to the phone. He picked up the receiver and listened. Hey, how about that? Is it working? I cried, jumping up off the couch eagerly. Gotcha, he said, grinning at me. He replaced the receiver, laughing even harder. It ain't fixed, Blondie, but it's crackling a bit, he said. That means they're working on it. Should be fixed soon. He turned his attention to Shannon, eyeing her hungrily. I glanced at my watch. It was almost one o'clock. Outside, it was almost dark enough to be night. Lou belched loudly. Anybody want lunch? He asked. He finished the beer and crushed a can in his hand. Just sandwiches. Make them yourself, okay? With you clowns eating everything but the wallpaper. We're running a little low on supplies. 
Suddenly, I thought of Ava, and I realized that she hadn't come downstairs yet. Ava, I started. Is Ava down yet, Lou? But he had returned to the kitchen, most likely to get another beer. I'm starving, Doug said, leaning the poker against the fireplace. Let's go make sandwiches and eat them in front of the fire. We should call in Red, Shannon said, following Doug to the kitchen. I'll be there in a minute, I said, not moving. I had this bad feeling about Ava. I remembered what Red had told me about the fight he had heard the night before, how she and Lou had argued, how it had gotten so quiet after Lou had hit her. I glanced up at the gun rack Doug had been admiring. So many guns! Just how violent a guy was Lou. Just how dangerous could he be? Now, here it was, one o'clock, lunchtime, and Ava still hadn't come downstairs. I still had this feeling, this bad feeling. I just had to go up and make sure Ava was okay. I crept up the stairs. There was no need to be quiet, really. But I went up as silently as I could, the wooden steps creaking lightly under my stocking feet. I walked up to Ava's bedroom at the head of the narrow balcony corridor. The door was closed. I stopped outside and listened. I could hear Lou downstairs in the kitchen talking to Doug and Shannon. I guess the kitchen was right beneath this part of the balcony. I pressed my ear against the bedroom door. It was silent inside. I knocked quietly, once, twice. No sound inside. I knocked a little louder. Come on, Ava. Wake up. Say something. Ava? I called, my face right up to the door. No reply. Ava? Are you awake? I heard Lou laughing loudly about something down in the kitchen. Probably another one of his disgusting stories, I thought. Ava? Silence in the bedroom. I took a deep breath, turned the brass doorknob, and pushed open the door. Ava? It was stuffy and warm in the bedroom. In the gray light from the uncurtained window, I could see her on the bed. She was sprawled on her back, her head off the pillow, her eyes open, unmoving. Oh my God! I heard myself cry. Chapter 10 Ava blinked and started to pull herself up, staring at me confused. I guess my scream woke her up. I felt like a total fool. But the way she had been lying with her head bent at such a strange angle, and her eyes wide open made me jump to the wrong conclusion. What? she asked, her voice choked with sleep. I, uh, sorry I screamed, I stammered. It's just that your eyes were wide open, and... Sometimes I sleep with my eyes open, she said still acting bewildered as if she didn't know where she was or who I was. I could see a big red bruise on her right cheek. The cheek was all swollen. Her right eye only opened halfway. I'm sorry, I repeated, taking a step back toward the door. You shouldn't be here, she said, her voice a hoarse whisper. What? I wasn't sure I had heard her correctly. You shouldn't be here, she repeated, a little more loudly, a little more forcefully. Please! She didn't sound angry. It was almost as if she were pleading with me. I got all flustered. I could feel my face turning red. I backed up right into the doorknob, then turned and escaped into the hall, pulling the door closed behind me. It was much cooler in the hall. I stood there outside Ava's bedroom door for a few seconds, waiting to calm down, waiting for my breathing to return to normal. You shouldn't be here. What did Ava mean? Did she mean I shouldn't be in her bedroom? Or did she mean that the four of us shouldn't be in this house? Why did she look so frightened? Was it just because I had startled her when I screamed and woke her up? No. I had the feeling that she was trying to warn me. You shouldn't be here. Well, I thought, leaning against the balcony railing, I'd love to get away, Eva. I can't wait to get away. To leave this house and never come back. And my friends feel exactly the same way. But we're trapped here. We can't leave. I looked down into the living room. The fire was still blazing. 
Doug and Shannon were carrying their lunch plates to the couch in front of the fireplace. Through the window, I could see the snow still falling, large, heavy flakes, being swirled in all directions by the blowing wind. I took a deep breath and let it out. I couldn't get rid of the nervous feeling I had. Maybe a sandwich will help, I thought. I walked downstairs, Ava's sleep-filled voice still in my mind, and headed for the kitchen. Lou was leaning against the island counter, staring out the back window at the falling snow, another can of beer in his hand. He turned when he heard me enter. Hey, dollface, look at it coming down. I think your friend Red is wasting his time out there. If he doesn't come in soon, we'll have to send a rescue party. He was beginning to slur his words. His eyes looked very red and watery. I'm just going to make a sandwich, I said. Whatever, he muttered. He walked over to the wall phone and picked up the receiver. After listening for a few seconds, his face turned bright red and his eyes bulged in fury. Still not fixed, he bellowed. He tossed down his beer can, grabbed the phone with both hands, and pulled it right out of the wall. I didn't say anything. I didn't know what to do. He was obviously out of control. I guess he saw how frightened I was. He stared at me for a long moment, then averted his eyes. After dropping the phone on the counter, he left the kitchen. I slapped together a sandwich of some kind from the stuff that was left out on the counter. I didn't even see what I was putting in it. Then I hurried to the living room to rejoin Doug and Shannon. I wished Red would come in from the barn. Somehow, I knew I'd feel safer if all four of us were together, especially with Lou acting so crazy. And Doug eager to have it out with Lou. Again I saw the swollen red bruise on Ava's face, and then I saw Lou tearing the phone off the wall in a rage. It isn't safe here, I realized. It isn't safe here because of Lou. We have to be very careful. Very careful not to give Lou any reason to turn his anger on us. Hey, where'd you go? Shannon asked, as I sat down in the armchair near the fireplace across from her and Doug. Upstairs. To Ava's room, I whispered. I made sure that Lou wasn't nearby. Then I told them what had happened upstairs and what Ava had said to me. You probably just scared her, screaming like that, Doug said. Maybe, I said. Yeah, Doug's right, Shannon said quickly but I could tell from their voices that they were just as troubled as I was. The afternoon dragged on. We kept feeding the fire, staring at the bright orange flames, listening to it crackle. Ava came downstairs after a while, muttered a greeting, and disappeared into the kitchen. Outside, the wind howled and the snow continued to come down. I stared out the window for a while, watching the trees sway and bend under the weight of the snow. We found a deck of cards and played hearts for a while, but none of us were really into it. It took us three games to realize that four cards were missing from the deck. It was late afternoon when I glanced up from the armchair and saw someone staring into the window. Oh, look! I cried, startled. His face was completely covered by a blue ski mask. He leaned close to the window, so close that his breath fogged the glass. But even through the fogged up window, I could see that he was staring right at me. Chapter 11 I sat there, staring back at him for a few moments. Who's that? Shannon cried. Without thinking, I leapt up from the chair and ran to the window. The pane was still fogged from the stranger's breath, but he was gone. I stood on tiptoe, pressing my head against the glass, trying to see around to the sides of the house, but there was no one there now. He's gone, I said. How? Doug was right behind me. He just disappeared. Look, the footprint stopped a few feet from the window. Weird, Doug said. He pushed me out of the way to get a better look. He looks so scary in a ski mask, Shannon said, like someone in a horror movie. But who could it be? I asked. Weird, Doug repeated. He wasn't being terribly helpful. 
If someone had walked here in the snow, why wouldn't he knock on the door? Shannon asked, sounding as frightened as I felt. Yeah, why did he just stare at us like that? Doug asked. Good question, I said, my heart still pounding. Hey, what's happening? Lou called down from the balcony. I jumped at the sound of his voice. I hadn't realized that he was upstairs. Someone was outside, I called up to him. What? Someone in a ski mask. He was just staring at us through the window, I said. Lou started down the stairs. He laughed. You've had more beers than me, right? No, Lou. We really saw him, Doug said, still at the window. Suddenly, Red appeared on the balcony, pulling a sweater over his head. I hadn't noticed coming to the house. What's going on? His face was bright red from being out in the cold barn for so long. Your wacko pals here saw a snowman in a ski mask, Lou said, chuckling. There was someone outside, I said. And he didn't come to the door, Red asked. They've gone snow blind or something, Lou said, plopping down in the armchair by the fireplace. Or maybe they've been staring into the fire too long. They're hallucinating, seeing ghosts. Give us a break, Lou, Doug said impatiently. We're not crazy. There was someone at the window. Hey, Mr. Fixit, any luck with the jeep? Lou asked, ignoring Doug. Red came down the stairs, his eyes on me. No, no luck. I can't find the trouble. I'm totally stumped. The phone will be fixed soon, Lou said. We'll call the garage in town first thing. He cursed. At least that phone better be fixed. Ooh, that makes me mad. You see what I did to that sucker in the kitchen? I tore it clean off. He tossed back his head and whooped with laughter. None of us joined in. It made me really nervous to see Lou lose control. Red shivered as he walked out close to the fire. Wow, this feels good, he said, holding his hands up close to the flames. I am frozen. I don't think my fingers will ever move again. Hey, Ava, move your buns. Put on a pot of coffee. The boy is freezing, you hear? Lou yelled. Doesn't anybody care about the guy we saw in a ski mask? Doug asked Lou. Maybe it was Jack Frost, Lou said, rolling his eyes. Or maybe Santa Claus, thinking this was the North Pole. Again, he threw back his head and laughed up at the cathedral ceiling. That really cracked him up. Doug just stood in the middle of the room, looking frustrated and annoyed. Hey, Turkey, you've got a pretty good build, Lou said suddenly to Doug. What? Doug stared at him. You work out? Lou asked. Yeah. A little, Doug said, obviously suspicious of Lou's sudden interest in him. I'm on the wrestling team at school. I was all state last year. Yeah? Lou stood up and took a few steps toward Doug. You're pretty good, huh? Well, I don't work at it that much, Doug admitted. But I'm kind of a natural athlete, I guess. Good old modest Doug. Lou stepped up and squeezed the biceps on Doug's right arm with both hands. I think he squeezed pretty hard because Doug flinched. Not bad. Not bad, Lou said, grinning, his face a few inches from Doug's face. There's some muscle somewhere under that flab. Thanks, Doug said sarcastically. I used to be a wrestler, too, Lou said, rubbing his beard, checking Doug out. I used to be pretty good. Before I got this, patted his beer belly. How about a match? Doug's mouth dropped open. Huh? Right here. Over there, Lou said, pointing behind the couch. We'll move this shaggy white rug over. Come on, Hulkster. How about it? Let's see what you've got. Well, I knew Doug was going to do it. There is no way Macho Doug would ever turn down a challenge. And he'd been dying to get at Lou, to pay Lou back for coming on to Shannon. You chicken or what? Lou said, challenging Doug, poking him playfully in the chest. Cluck, cluck, cluck. 
Lou began flapping his arms and clucking at the top of his voice. Don't do it, Doug, I prayed silently to myself. Just walk away. Don't do it. No, I'm not a chicken, Doug said. It's just that you haven't practiced for a while, right? You're kind of out of shape, and I don't... Cluck, cluck, cluck. The Hulkster's looking for excuses, Lou bellowed, and dragged the rug over behind the sofa. You don't want to hurt me? Come on, turkey. He walked onto the white rug. Let an old dude give you a few pointers. Lou, what are you doing? Ava came in from the kitchen. Nothing you'd be interested in, Lou snapped. Leave us alone. But Lou, these kids? Shut your yap, Ava, Lou shouted impatiently, before I shut it for you. He glared at her. She shrank back. We're just having a little fun, trying to make the time pass. Right, Hulkster? Doug pulled off his sweater and straightened the long-sleeved pullover he was wearing under it. Then he stepped onto the rug and faced Lou. Okay, he said. Let's go. Ava sighed loudly to show her displeasure and returned to the kitchen. Shannon and I stood by the couch at the edge of the rug. Red watched from the fireplace, a tight frown on his face. Doug, how can you do this? I wondered silently. This can only lead to trouble. Please, please don't get Lou any more worked up than he already is. Anytime you're ready, Doug said. Go easy on me, okay? Lou said in a wimpy little voice, holding his hands together as if he were praying. Then he got into a wrestling position, leaning forward, pressing both hands against his knees, moving from side to side. Come on, show me something, chicken. Show me something. The match started out very playfully. Doug moved first, grabbing Lou's left leg pulling him to the rug, then gripping his arms behind him. Both Doug and Lou seemed to be having fun, rolling around on a white rug, putting different holds on each other, groaning and grunting like professional wrestlers. Shannon started to get into it, yelling a bit, cheering Doug on. Even I relaxed some, since they just seemed to be horsing around. Doug was doing really well. He kept putting holds on Lou and getting Lou down on his back. He was pretty much in control the whole time. Then Doug pinned Lou, pressing his shoulders onto the rug. One. Two, three, Doug counted, out of breath. He released Lou and jumped to his feet. That's the match, Doug said, smiling at Shannon. Doug started to walk away, but Lou reached out and grabbed his leg. Lou's face was bright red. His forehead was covered in sweat, and he was breathing hard. Hey, Hulkster, we're not done, he said, and he didn't sound playful anymore. Hey, Lou, Rag called from the fire, looking worried. But Lou pulled Doug down to the rug, grabbed his arms, and cursing loudly, tried to bend him backward. Ow! Hey! Doug cried. We're not done, Lou repeated through clenched teeth. This was no longer a casual little match. Lou wasn't playing for fun anymore. He began wrestling wildly, grabbing Doug's arms, shoving him hard into the rug, banging his head on the floor. We're not done. Lou, stop! Red called, running over. Ow! Doug screamed in pain as Lou grabbed his leg with both hands and pulled it back. Doug, are you okay? Shannon cried. Reg grabbed Lou by the shoulder and tried to yank him off Doug. My leg! I heard it crack! Doug cried, his face twisted in pain and panic. Red pulled Lou away. Lou climbed quickly to his feet, breathing heavily, noisily. He stared down at Doug, bewildered. Hey, what happened, sports fans? Doug's face had gone as white as the rug. He grabbed his knee with both hands. I, I think it's broken. Huh? Lou cried. I was just playing, big fella. I couldn't have broken it. I don't believe this. I don't believe this. Shannon was screaming hysterically, her hands up to her face. I bent down and pulled Doug's hands away from his knee. Let me see it, I said. I studied a little bit about knees for that science project last term. It's all right, Lou said, leaning over me, 
still breathing noisily, gasping for air. I didn't hardly touch him. I could smell the beer on his breath. Come on, Lou. Back away, please, I said. You're blocking the light. Ooh, the little lady takes charge. Okay, okay. I can take it in. He took a step back. I rolled up the leg of Doug's jeans. Ow, Doug howled. Try to move it, I said. Try to bend it. It'll bend, Lou insisted. No way I broke it. We were just having fun, right, Hulkster? Doug made a face as he moved the leg. It's bending, I said. Do it again. He bent the knee again. How's it feel? I asked, checking the ligaments. Better, he said. I knew it, Lou said. I was just playing, you know. If I really wanted to hurt him, I could have. It's not broken, I said. Nothing seems to be torn. Guess you just sprained it. Thanks, Doc, Doug said gratefully. Hey, carrot head. It was an accident, Lou insisted to Red. Don't give me any of your looks, or I'll get you on the mat next. I'll just sit on you. Ha <laughs> ha! Come on, Lou. How about a cup of coffee? Red said softly. He started to lead Lou into the kitchen. Yeah, good idea, Lou said. Some caffeine. Come on, sports fans. Who else wants coffee? He lurched into the kitchen, leaning unsteadily on Red. A few seconds later, Red came hurrying back, a worried look on his face. Shannon and I were helping Doug to his feet. Doug was taking a few tender steps, trying out his knee. Red ran up to me, leaned close, and whispered loud enough for all of us to hear, You have room, Ariel. In five minutes, okay? We've got to get out of here. Now. Chapter 12 Red made some excuse to Lou, and a few minutes later, the four of us were hunkered down in my little bedroom, Shannon, Doug, and me sitting around the edges of the bed, Red pacing back and forth by the window. It was only a little after six o'clock, but it was dark as midnight. The wind howled, rattling the pane of glass in the wooden window. The lights flickered for a few seconds, but didn't go out. I was feeling nervous, wondering why Red wanted us to meet so urgently. My hands were ice cold. I slid them under the quilt. He deliberately tried to hurt me. I know it, Doug was saying, leaning forward to massage his knee. He got carried away, Red said. He totally lost it, Doug. I don't think he knew what he was doing. He knew all right, Doug muttered bitterly. He is crazy, Red agreed, and dangerous. We have to get out of here, now. Huh? Shannon cried, glancing out the window. I'm serious, Red said. We have no choice. But, Red, I said, climbing to my feet. Look outside, it's dark already. It's dark, but it stopped snowing, Red answered. Listen, guys, we don't have to go far. We can find the next town, or just find another house. But we've got to get away from this place, right now. What's the rush? Shannon asked. Red raised his finger to his lips, motioning for her to talk more quietly. He walked over to the bedroom door to make sure it was closed. Yeah, what's the rush? Doug repeated sullenly, still massaging his leg. Lou's an obnoxious jerk, but at least it's warm here and there's food and stuff. He's not just a jerk, Red said in a loud whisper. He's really dangerous, Doug. He's going to rob us and then leave us here with no way to escape. What? All three of us cried at once. Again, Red motioned frantically for us to be quiet. How do you know that? I asked. The quilt wasn't helping. My hands weren't warming up. In fact, I felt cold all over. I heard him, Red said, stuffing his hands into his jeans pockets. I heard him talking to Ava. I was up here in my room, next to their room. I was getting an extra sweater just before the big wrestling match. Doug groaned. The two of them were in their bedroom. I could hear every word Lou said. He talks so loud and the walls are real thin. 
He said he was going to wait till later tonight. Then he was going to rob us and pull out all the phones and leave. Ava's in on it too? I asked, not quite ready to believe what Red was saying. No, she tried to argue with him, Red whispered. She seems like a nice person, Shannon said. I don't know how she got stuck with him. Same way you got stuck with me, Doug muttered darkly, then laughed. You're not so bad, Shannon said, patting him on the shoulder. Then she quickly added, compared to Lou. I think that's what Lou and Ava were arguing about last night, Red said. She tried to talk him out of his plan, and he hit her. So, she tried arguing with him again this afternoon, I asked. Yeah, but she didn't get anywhere. He just cursed a blue streak and stormed out into the hall. That was about when you saw the guy in the blue ski mask. Yeah, who was that guy anyway? Doug asked. And why did Lou want to pretend he didn't exist? I asked. Maybe the guy in the blue ski mask is in on this with Lou, Red suggested. Then he added, I just want to make sure we're out of here before they can carry out their plans. A loud cracking noise startled us all. What was that? Shannon cried. Just snow falling off the roof, I said, my heart beating fast. This place is definitely giving me the creeps. Wait here. I want to show you something else, Red said, walking quickly out of the room. We heard him go down the hall. A few seconds later, he reappeared. Look what I found shoved in my bottom dresser drawer, he said. He held up two photographs in plexiglass frames. They were enlarged snapshots of a man and woman. The couple appeared to be in their thirties. The woman was dark-haired, small, and rather plain. The man was much taller, lean and angular, with a mop of curly black hair on top of his smiling face. Who were they? Shannon asked, confused. That's what I'd like to know, Red whispered, setting the photographs down on top of the dresser. Who are they? And why were their photos shoved into an empty dresser drawer? What's the big deal? I asked, not understanding Red's concern. So someone shoved some old photos into a drawer. So what? There's something strange going on here, Red whispered, glancing at the door. Downstairs in the living room, I saw places on the mantel where these photos had been. How could you tell that? Doug asked skeptically. From the dust, Red replied, still whispering. The house hasn't been dusted in a long time. I could tell. But there was no dust in the spots where those pictures had been. That means they were recently removed and hidden in my dresser. You mean, Shannon started. I mean Lou must have hidden those photos for some reason. Let me see those pictures. Those people look kind of familiar to me, I said. Do you think Lou did something to them? Shannon asked, her face filled with fear. Maybe they're just away, I said quickly. Maybe, Red agreed, but maybe this isn't Lou and Ava's house. Well, that would explain the tea, I said. Huh? Doug turned to look at me, confused. When I asked Ava for a cup of tea last night, she had to search all the cabinets to find the tea bags. Because it isn't her house, Red said, grateful for proof of his theory. And that jacket Lou wore yesterday, I said, thinking hard. It was way too small on him. He could hardly fasten it. It wasn't his jacket, Doug asked. Right, Red said. This is scary, Shannon said softly. Well, what are they doing here if this isn't their place, Doug said. Maybe they know the couple, the owners. Maybe they have permission to be here, Shannon said. I was glad she was trying to think positive for once, but I knew she wasn't on target. Then why would Lou hide the photographs, I asked. Ariel's right, Red said. Who cares about that stuff, Doug said impatiently. You heard Lou planning to rob us and leave us here, right? Right, Red said, turning his gaze out the window. Well, what more do we need to know, Doug cried, jumping up in spite of his bad knee. 
We have no choice. We have to get away from here. But how? Shannon asked, her hands clasped so tightly together in her lap that her knuckles were turning white. I've taken care of that, Red said, a grin spreading across his face. He reached into his jeans pocket and pulled out a set of keys. The jeep, he said. We can take the jeep, Shannon cried. You said it was still busted, Doug said. I lied, Red told him, motioning for us all to whisper. Huh? I gotta go in this afternoon. It was simple. I just had to clear the fuel line. I was going to tell Lou it was fixed, but then I heard him arguing with Ava about robbing us, so I decided to hold on to the keys and tell him it was still frozen. That's great, Doug cried. We can drive it right out of here. If we can get out of the house without him hearing us, Red said, his expression darkening. That's the part I'm afraid of. Well, if he catches us stinking out, we'll just, Doug said. But he couldn't think of what we would do. If he catches us, there's no telling what he might do, Red said, nervously raking his wavy hair with one hand. He's been drinking all day, and I think he's a violent guy. Tell me about it, Doug said, rubbing his knee. You think he might try to hurt us? I asked. Shh, Red whispered suddenly. He raised a hand, motioning for us not to move. We all froze. It was so silent I thought I could hear the blood pumping in my veins. There were footsteps on the back stairs, Lou or Ava. Were they going to come in? No. Whoever it was walked right past my room. We'll have to wait till they go to sleep, Red whispered, staring at me for some reason. Then we'll sneak out and take the jeep. Why can't we leave right now? Doug asked, more of a challenge than a question. Why do we have to sit through dinner with him? Yeah. I agree, Shannon said quietly, looking really scared. We won't get out the door. He'll hear us, Red said. Red's right, I agreed. Let Lou have six or seven more beers. By ten or so, he'll be out like a light. Then we can get away easily. Doug reluctantly agreed. A short while later, we trooped down to dinner. It was pretty tense, knowing what Lou had planned and what we had planned. No one could think of anything much to say. Lou kept eyeing us suspiciously, but he didn't say much either. He grumbled about the phone and about the snow. I was glad to see that he was downing beer after beer. He'll be sound asleep before ten, I thought. Then we'll be on our way. But I underestimated Lou. He didn't stumble upstairs until nearly midnight. We had all gone upstairs before 9.30. We were all packed and ready to leave. Then we just waited, waited, waited. It was nearly 12.30 when we decided to risk moving out. We'll take the back stairs, Red whispered, leading the way. What do we say if we're caught? Shannon asked, looking frightened. We want a little fresh air, Doug suggested. Shannon shoved him impatiently. Not funny. We'll have to deal with that when it happens, Red said grimly. Then he added, let's hope it doesn't happen. We edged out into the hallway, walking silently, carefully. Luckily, the narrow hall was carpeted. Our boots didn't make a sound as we headed toward the back stairs. I can't believe we're doing this, I thought. I can't believe any of this is happening to me. This was supposed to be a fun ski weekend. How can we be sneaking out of a house, trying to escape from a dangerous lunatic who means to rob us, about to steal a jeep, to try to drive through the heaviest snow I'd ever seen? We're going to do it, I told myself. We're going to get away. We're going home. Home. I realized I hadn't thought about my parents all day. Boy, will I be glad to see them, I thought. If I ever see them again. We walked slowly so we didn't make a sound and finally reached the back stairs. Doug stopped on the top step. Our coats, he whispered to Red. They're by the front door. We'll have to go through the living room and get them, then go back to the kitchen, Red whispered. 
If Lou came out of his room and looked down from the balcony, he'd see us. But what choice did we have? We started down the stairs, Doug first, followed by Red, then Shannon, then me. To our horror, the wooden stairs creaked with each footstep. Had Lou heard us?